Yeah, when he's on our podcast. So the next episode of Dish and the Percolator with David Lynch. <laughs> you heard it. I might not be able to make that happen, but... Um, I'm yeah. a crow. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. Okay, good. My son's been messing with our modem, and so um, I might have to uh, give him up for adoption. <laughs> I don't know. What, I like don't. A... I don't know what else to do. Well, really, I mean, that's why kids get adopted. I told him to stop, and he won't. So, like, there's no, there's nowhere else to go other than like, this is your new mom and dad. Yeah, this is your new mom and dad. They don't have a modem. Or if they do, hopefully, like. You'll learn, and maybe you'll learn to respect electronics. That's Look, why we don't we don't, don't let uh, <laughs> Amelia play with the modem. Yeah, maybe that's where you're going wrong. I don't either, but I can't figure out a place to put it where he, where like it can exist where he can't get to it. In his bed is probably the worst idea. <laughs> it's I'm also just... it's also hard that my two year old son is six foot tall, so it makes it really hard to put anything out of reach. <laughs> That is, really... That's going to be difficult. Welcome back to Dish and the Percolator. Um, I want to apologize. I was calling that last episode episode uh, four the whole time, and it was episode five. And so this oh, is episode man. six, and that's there we are. There. Did we, did we get some hate mail? We didn't get any hate mail. No one cares. It's just me wanting to keep some sort of level of like professionalism, even though I know that's why. Like, why, really, though? Yeah, totally. But I, I, for people, if you're listening and you're like, wait, I thought this was episode four. Okay, well, I apologize. I was going by the the episodes that are the numbers that's on the DVD or the Blu-ray, <clears throat> and where, whereas I said I would go by the Netflix numbers. So that was episode five. We're on to episode six, which is known as Cooper's Dream. This is Dish and the Percolator. Uh, I'm Sean O'Donnell. With me, as always, is Dallas McLaughlin. Dallas, how are you? Oh, man, I'm good. I just, I literally just finished the episode, so it's fresh oh, in my mind. It's fresh in your mind. I also watched it just recently, so we'll be, uh, it'll be double fresh. Huh? I wanted to play, I wanted to play a game at the end of this episode with you. Okay, I'm excited. I love games. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not going to be like a super fun, like, trivia game. It's just, I want to ask you a question and I don't know how impartial you'll be able to answer it based on your experience with the show. Okay. Okay. Is the, is the question, um, should we stop doing this? <laughs> no, this is actually my, my favorite episode so far. Oh, so this is great because like you said that last time. So if we keep going, this is going to be I, your favorite show in no time. Well, that's, it's got a long way to go to okay. be my favorite right. show. Okay. I mean, we all know Burn Notice is my favorite show, so... <laughs> This, we, is, this we, is no burn notice. We all know that. Um, so, once again, you can uh, follow our podcast. Our we have a Twitter. Our podcast has a Twitter at Percolator Pod. All I do is tweet out when the episodes available. Um, you should probably just subscribe on iTunes. That would be easier. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter. I'm uh, at Sean T O'Donnell. Dallas is uh, at Burn Fan Forty Three. <laughs> Well, it's actually uh, it's at the core burn, fans at burn six, notice, nine, six nine burn notice twenty two burn notice fan forty three. Um, yeah. No, what is it really? No, it's at Dallas underscore MC. And we can follow you on Snapchat. <laughs> nope. No, at, you can't. Uh, Tony Gwynn forever. I don't know. That year. is my snap. My Snapchat is Tony Gwynn. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, thanks for coming back. Uh, this is uh, episode six. Cooper's Dream, of course. Uh, Cooper's Dream is not in this one. Um, so you guys did it again. Name generator, random title generator that it, it has all the names for these episodes. Um, although there is a reference, I guess, to Cooper's Dream in this, but still. Do you think that um, it is definitely a random name generator? Do you Co think that's what's happening? Completely, right? Okay. 
don't. I, don't, know. I have no idea. I you don't know what's know. weird is that no one knows the answer to that. Mm, no one knows. The where's the, and where's the one man who can answer that? I don't remember when they started putting the titles on them. So the show ran on ABC, obviously, and then the first time it ran in syndication on Bravo in the '90s, when before Bravo had like reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might have been then they might have had the titles then, but um, who knows? This one was written by Mark Frost, who we know as the co-creator. Twin Peaks, and it was directed by a woman named Leslie Linka Gladder. Do you know who that is? Of Does course. That name sound familiar? She directed uh, West Wing, Mad Men, a lot of the uh, Homeland. I like I like that show. Have you seen Homeland? No, no, no. I'm just I'm still catching up on Burn Notice. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know a new show that I started watching that I finally Sam and I finally have had some time. As a as a husband and wife to enjoy some television together again. Is it Burn Notice? Uh, no, no, no. That's she's not into that show. Um, she doesn't like the burn part. Um, I just don't want to. I don't like the notice part as much. No, I understand. I mean, people would like to just kind of stay ignorant. What is Burn Notice, by the way? Can we get that out of the way? Because I don't it, know that I know. It's a show on. Uh, it's a show on USA Network. I figured it's a show and it's on a network, but what is it? I'm pretty sure it's on USA. So that's all um, I need. Characters welcome. That's all I need to know. I think one of the Epps brothers is in it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know because I own the DVDs. Actually, I own the Blu-ray. So I don't I don't know what uh, network it's on. You don't. Do you really? Why well, own the DVDs and the Blu-rays? <laughs> don't have a Blu-ray player, but you know. No, or a DVD player, but we own both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's uh, good the cover cover of both looks great it looks like a really it looks inviting. like it's a fun show yeah never watched yeah. it never will no, watch I, it yeah i'm sorry i haven't watched any burn notices <laughs> sorry Uh-oh. you might be able to see my hear my daughter singing loudly in the background what is she singing the burn notice She's theme singing, song <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> burn notice burn notice oh uh no she's singing pop goes the weasel right now oh okay that's yeah. a great song. It's um, a phenomenal tune. But I, we should just stop doing this and just put her on. Her and she would love that. But uh, I think you've done something similar to that before, and I don't want to get you fired from this podcast, so let's move on. Um, okay, good call. Good call. <laughs> Tracy Johnson probably listens. <laughs> so um, so this episode uh, aired May 10th, 1990, and uh, mm. you were just a wee lad. Um we start in the Great Northern, and Agent Cooper is awoken by the sounds of the Icelandic men's choir. Um, <laughs> and these guys are up at 4.30 in the morning, I guess, singing, because I'm I'm guessing it's like, what, noon their time? What is it, like nine hours ahead? I'm guessing they never went to sleep, bro. I guess Icelanders party is what we're supposed to take away from this episode. Definitely. Like these dudes roll hard. If they're if they're making the Horn Brothers like kind of try to keep up, like these dudes roll. Um, well. <laughs> and they're definitely and Agent Cooper is not having a good time with uh, with them being on his floor. No, he's he's not. I thought I was confused by this episode start because I thought we were starting in a dream. Ah. Well, I mean, why would you think that? Because it's called Cooper's Dream. Yeah, and it starts like dark, and he's yeah. in bed. This we we might find out later on that this was a dream, like uh, Newhart. Was that the show? <laughs> yes, it, it was dream? the show. Actually, yeah. There you go, huh? Hey. And the Sopranos. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, the whole thing was a dream. Yeah, the whole thing was a dream. Oh, real. You'll never guess what character real, was dreaming. Real quick, uh, Sopranos sidebar. I live in New Jersey for only like a few more weeks. And uh, last night I was talking to a guy who was like, yeah, you should go to do all like, go to all the places where they film these. Like last, I think recently he sat at the like booth, you know, where they're at the fi- in the final episode. And I was like, God, that'd be amazing to do. Uh, probably won't do it, but maybe I will. Maybe I'll drive by Tony's house. You should. When are you going to do it again? I don't know. You and I were going to go to Red Bank. We were going to go to like the quick stop. That never happened. Well, that's because I got weird injury. Because <laughs> you're old and you got injured and you had to go to the ER. Yeah. 
You ruin <laughs> you ruin all the fun stuff in our lives. I really do. Yeah. We'll make the quick stop happen one day, you and I. All right, one day. We'll just drive across country. <laughs> um, so, okay, back to this episode, which we have to talk about. So, yeah. a, so the Ice, Icelanders, uh, if we remember going back, the Norwegians bailed in the first episode because Audrey ruined that deal. So Ben and Jerry have been looking for someone else to come in and invest in this uh, country club in the States, the Ghostwood Country Club. So he thinks he's found... They found what they're looking for with the Icelanders, Icelandic. So that's why they're there. Um, so Cooper's then awake later and he's agitated and Audrey's there. Um, and she's trying to, you know, oh, I want to come help you. I want to come with you. And he's like, I, you know, he shoots her down pretty quickly. He's like, hey, when I was at your age, Wednesday was a school day. Um, but then, you know, he's still kind of interested. He like asks how old she is. She says 18. Um, is she lying? I don't know. I actually don't know if she's 18. What I do know is that originally, they, I think the second season, they were going to try to plan like a romantic arc for these two. But the way I've heard it is at the time, Kyle McLaughlin was dating Laura from Boyle, and she was not having any of that. And mm. so... The, what Kyle McLaughlin says is like he didn't he kind of put his foot down and said no and his reasoning was he didn't think that Agent Cooper would do that would like you know be romantic with a high school girl even though if she is 18 um, I'm curious what your thoughts are do you think because it seems like he's interested early on you know what I mean like the character is like kind of steadfast but like still a little bit like dipping his toe in the water of like I think he he's likes attra- being he's admired. A- yeah, but you don't think he would go down that road? Well, at the end of this episode, we certainly get a little taste of maybe. We do. Um, anyway, so Cooper's really tired, and Audrey is. Uh, Audrey's still just. She's trying to. She's trying to get her some coop. Trying to get her some coop. We'll see what happens. Dude, a um, bowl full of coop. A bowl full of special age. <laughs> um, and then Jerry, uh, so Jerry Horn walks in, he's all jacked up on a light leg of lamb and, uh, he's got this great shirt on. I don't know, man. His clothes are amazing. It, the, the, if you look at the shirt, it's got these buttons are all funky and everything's really baggy. It's very like early nineties. Oh my 80s. God. He looks like he just walked out of a spin doctor's video. Completely like a spin doctor. Like, I guess they had a lot of fabric in the nineties, like just extra they're like, let's make this shirt like four times bigger than it needs to be. And then everyone's like, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, he definitely like, every time I see him, I'm thinking like, Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. <laughs> I, think he's a, I think his name is David Patrick Kelly, and I think he's a musician. So maybe he was in the Spin Doctors. Oh, well, that's, I'm going to do some an, research. Send us an email. Someone find out and let us know. You can email us at percolatorpod at gmail.com. That's a, really, that's, that's, that's a real David, email address. If you're David Patrick Kelly, you should also just come on the show. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's, she's getting to the next verse. Did you hear? What song is she singing? Pop Goes the Weasel? Now she's just singing Daddy. She's just calling for Daddy. Oh. Do you need to go? Well, maybe. We'll give it a second. Freeze her out. She'll be all right. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Trust me, it works. All right. I'm gonna yes, honey. Honey, it's nap time. <laughs> it's nap time. You got to sleep. If you don't go to sleep, then we can't go visit mommy. Ooh, hold that over her head. Ladies and gentlemen listening at home, this is how you parent. <laughs> Honey, it's nap time. I'll come in there in a few minutes, okay? No, he won't. I know you do, honey, but I'll come in there in a few minutes, okay? Okay. <laughs> I will in a few minutes. <laughs> no, you won't. Honey, do you know who the spin doctors are? <laughs> you do? Okay. Well, then we'll talk about it in a few minutes. <laughs> Sing something off pocket full of kryptonite. She likes the early stuff. What? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. That might be, that might work for a couple no, of days. We'll leave that. Um, okay. So we're back in, uh, Jerry Horn 
he may or may not be in the Spin Doctors, but brother. Sorry, I just I know this what? is wrong, but I just realized where I know David Patrick Kelly from. Oh, go on. He was in the Warriors. Oh. He's the guy who clangs the bottles and says, Warriors. Dude, I haven't seen that in like it's it's so long that I don't think I can confirm or deny that that's true. It is true. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, there you go. And I was like, oh my God, because I was looking to see if he was in a band. Yeah. More importantly, <laughs> if he was in yeah. the Spin Doctors. <laughs> but he wasn't. That's crazy. He's also a second degree black belt. I believe it. And, okay, a, and a sharp dresser in the show. Um, Brother Ben uh, is very annoyed, right? Uh, because it's just too much energy. He's coming in with too much energy, and the hotel guests are complaining about the, the Icelanders. Is it Icelanders? Icelandic? Icelanders, I think. I think it's pronounced Icelanders. Icelanders. It doesn't matter. Um, but Ben says, you know, we get this big party plan. We're rolling out the red carpet. There's a funny line about, like, you know, I've I'm invited all of the best and brightest in Twin Peaks and Jerry says oh are we having the party in a phone booth um but Ben says you know if we have to we can always pull out you know the one-eyed jacks as a as kind of a deal sealer um and then uh Captain Good Times himself Leland Palmer shows up and just wants to help and they're just so bummed they send him home um so there you go uh the next thing David Patrick Kelly also Yes. Sings and plays mandolin That's for the a- soundtrack on Once. There you go. There you go. I See, I told you. He's yeah. a musician. Um, the next thing is we're at Jock's apartment. And uh, so Coop's there. And do you need to go? No, she's frozen. <laughs> so Jock's there. Or not, Jock's not there. Um, but the sheriffs are there and they're kind of going through all of his stuff. Cooper shows up. He's really tired and he says, he says something about there was a large group of insane men on my floor. Um, Jacques blood is on Leo's shirt. Comes back as, well, we don't know that, but they know it's AB negative. That's his blood type. And that's probably pretty rare, right? AB negative. Do you know your blood type? I do. What is it? I ain't telling you. Okay. Um, and then there's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like Cooper looks up at the ceiling and he sees something, but we never see what it, he, where, what he's getting it from. So I'm guessing it was like on a light, you know, like a light fixture or something, but it's a copy of Flesh World. Did you notice that? Like it was, was it like hiding above a fan? We don't ever see what oh, yeah, it was I didn't hiding. I not that at all. Yeah. We never, like they never pan up. It's just Cooper like staring up and then he, he retrieves it. Um... And so we're going through Flesh World and he finds uh, that the kind of the way that that magazine works is people write letters in and then the magazine forwards the letters to the people with the ads. And Jock uh, was receiving those for Ronette. And there's a... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so then there's this, uh, you know, Cooper says, let's see who was sending your letters. And it's... It's this guy, uh, and Cooper's quote is, I don't know, the beard sort of ruins the effect of the lingerie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, you you brought this up early, I think, on in the in one of the first episodes, but I don't understand still why the truck is in there. So, okay, so the, the next thing they say is, this time Cooper realizes that Leo's truck is in the ad. So Leo has an ad in there as well. But what's his ad? His ad's like, hey, I'm a cool dude with a truck. Like, let's hook up. You can actually uh, pause okay. it. You can pause it and see what it is. And it says something like, ladies come first. Like, it's really sleazy. Wow. I almost paused it and wrote it down, but I didn't. But you can you can look at it and see. But So Leo's writing an ad for hooking up with, you know, chicks, man. Um Speaking of Leo, the next scene is Bobby and Shelly, and it's just more of Bobby and Shelly being idiots. Like, I don't get where, what did Leo do where Shelly's no longer afraid to have Bobby in the house and they're just like making out? It's a good question. (laughs) Like, all he's done since earlier was beat her with soap and like become even more of a jerk. Um... Anyway, it's like, I just, I'm like, ah, don't get out, leave. Why? Yeah, it's, 
but I mean, like, they're just kind of, I mean, they're dumb. They're young. They're young and they're dumb, Sean. Young and dumb. It's true. Like, um, I get I get why they're doing it. I think because, like, Bobby likes riding the edge. Yeah. And, like, he wants to prove to her he's but, not, like, but I he's guess, not afraid, you know, that he's the man, you know? Yeah, but I, but I'm, I guess I'm thinking in the end more of Shelly, who, like, is the one who got her face bashed in. Like, she's just all of a sudden, like, it's cool. Hang out. Yeah, well, she's stupid. Well, and then obviously they get really scared. So Andy shows up and, uh, you know, they hear a door or something. And Bob's, ah, you know, they're like talking about how cool they're going to be if Leo was there. And then they hear a door and they're spooked. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he hides and Bobby's kind of got a plan going, right? So he tells, he gets her to mention that she was, you know, uh, she saw Leo talking to Jock, which is exactly what Andy wants to hear. And so, you know, he's like, oh, and, you know, when, Leo comes home. Please have him call. Um, Leo does call, and uh, and she lies to Leo and says, "No, no one's you know looking for you." So Bobby's got something kind of going here. He's got a little little play in place, and uh, that's something in this episode. Everyone's kind of got these motives, and everyone's got their own kind of agenda going on. Everyone except for Andy. Everyone except for Andy. Poor Andy. Um, if you hear anything, Shelly, you I call know. us. I know. Hello. It's, he's so. I love Andy. Yeah, Andy's a good guy. Andy's he's, a good. He's a sweetheart. A simpleton, as they say. Uh, speaking of sweethearts, this next scene breaks my heart every time because it's Ed and Norma realizing that they can never leave their awful lives to like be together. Um, and you know, Ed's saying, you know, Nadine's not well. It's not a good time. And uh, and Norma has this kind of nice speech about how, you know, we never want to hurt anyone. That's our problem. And and then this really sad line about how you get to the end of your life and you don't have anything to show for it. And it's just really sad. Um, although I'm like, are you, you're like 30-something. <laughs> it's not the end of your life. Although I get why it feels that way to her. Yeah. Um, and I, one note thing, just because I'm, we're making a podcast about Twin Peaks, this is one where I felt like they actually matched the exterior pretty well to the original um, Big Ed's gas farm. It like doesn't feel like California as much as even some of the other shots in the rest of the show. Um, anyway. Yeah, totally. Ed and Norma. I think they're my favorite couple on the show. And they just like, it just always seems to, they can't catch a break. Ed and Norma. Sorry, can you hear? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> you can hear this whole time. It's sad. Did you give her? Uh, did you give her any whiskey? Oh, not today. <laughs> Amelia, just be good, okay? I'll, you have to go to sleep, baby. No, not right now, because you have to go to sleep. <laughs> Okay, so um, the next scene is Audrey is in uh, Emery Battis. That's the guy who, I guess, runs a horn department store. She, right, is getting this job so she can do her own investigation of Laura, um, which we know really in the end is her trying to get close to Coop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, Emery wants her to, like, wrap presents or you know gift wrap and uh and she's gonna get her way and she says no it's the perfume counter and if you don't you know i'm gonna rip my blouse and say it was you um yeah she's very um dirty this is a great episode for audrey though because we see we see so many different sides of her and when we get to the end um She's obviously has some issues, but um, but she's very much a horn. Like you can see her dad, the her the Ben Horn in her in this scene where she's like, "I'm gonna get what I want, no matter what," and I'm confident in doing so. Um, it's a good way to put that, Sean. You can see the Ben Horn in her. Yeah, thanks. I guess. Um, the next scene you were excited about in fact you wanted me to pull a sound clip from and i could not do that in time oh, but it's, it's james the best. james and donna at the lake um and they look like they're in simi valley or something but um so james is talking about his dad was he's kind of given 
dawn of the whole truth behind his family. His dad was a musician who ran off. His mom was a writer. It was kind of promising, but now she's a booze hound who picks up dudes. Hey, um, Sean, hold on. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take <laughs> a little on. break. Yeah, hold We'll be on. right back. Hello. Hi. Oh, my God. And we're back. Um, I hate being so understanding. No, I know. You're a good dad. Well. And... I mean, it's the podcast is suffering because of it, but it's fine. It's important. Um, Sorry, you know she doesn't really have any respect for uh, Mark Frost. <laughs> she has no respect for James spilling his guts. Oh, okay, to so Donna. sorry. Yeah, see, this is why we needed a pause okay, because let's, let's go. Let's get this into this. This is my favorite scene of the entire show so far. Okay, okay. And not only it made me think I have a theory. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. At all true. No, it could be. Go for it. No, it's definitely not. But it's like okay. one of those things where I was like, I'm hoping yeah. that there's just some weird twist. Maybe in this new season. Maybe season three. Okay. Um, that at the end of it, we just realized that we're all watching an invitation to love. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this interaction between James and, uh, and uh, what's her name? Donna. Donna is like my favorite it's it's it plays into all of the things that we all just assumed anyway yeah like him going like my dad was a musician <sighs> whatever he's from the west coast and he totally bolted on me and my mom it's no big deal my whatever mom, my mom wrote poetry my mom wrote poetry amazing stuff but she's an alcoholic i know i didn't need to lay that on you you didn't want it but there it is and then walk away it's like the best it's so good dude it's so good well it's like every bachelor episode yes yeah (laughs) well i think and then he has like a really nice line in my mind like where he says that it's the secrets that keep uh it's the secrets people keep that destroy any chance for happiness which is like this really kind of deep and you know like very a lot of world experience to have for like a 17 year old to say but then he but then he's like and then there's the back to their like whatever their quest is to to help laura and something about how she's wandering out there like a restless spirit it's like okay wait hold on what and also like no one cares about your crusade to help her because like the two of you are now a thing so even if you even if laura was a wandering spirit who you like encountered she'd be like Really? I've been dead for like two days and you guys are doing it? Like what? Why? You know? Yeah. She's they're the OJ Simpsons of trying to find the killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that would mean that they um never mind, I guess I can't say that they did it because OJ obviously didn't do it, right? I mean he was Oh dude, obviously. How he how how on earth could he have done it? Doesn't make any sense. He wasn't there. Like, did you watch the? Peep, did there? you watch the uh, that the miniseries or not the miniseries, but the the David Schwimmer OJ Simpson? Are you talking about the David the David Schwimmer vehicle? Yeah. Um, no, I did not watch it. Oh, um, it was so good. Yeah, I know. I think I'm hoping they're going to put it out on Netflix or Hulu. Yeah. Um, so I can watch it. But I talked to our friend Scott O'Malley about it at length. Who's obsessed with OJ? Obsessed with OJ, and he yeah. said that it didn't answer a lot of his questions. Well, the ESPN like six part or three part documentary is coming out soon. That's supposed to be yes, and that's too. what he's like really excited about yeah. is that. But anyway, OJ okay. Simpson did yeah. it. Donna and um, James and, are the and OJ. And James. Are the OJ Simpson of Twin Peaks? I will not rest until we find the killer. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, those two. I won't rest until we find the killer, Donna. But let's make out. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't count as rest. <laughs> uh, we're back. Uh, we're back to Jock's apartment, and there's this really gratuitous donut shot. Um, You're right about that. Did you have a donut on National Donut Day? You know, I didn't. I've had. I, actually, I stopped eating donuts a while ago. Oh, that's a mistake. You know, it's not a mistake. I, I was feel getting... like National Donut Day comes every like month. I feel like all the days are too much, right? It's like it's Chocolate Eclair Day. It's like, come on, it's a Thursday. Yeah, but that's why they do it because it's just a Thursday. So why not give that Thursday a thing? Yeah, I guess all the chocolate eclair bakers are stoked. Pretty soon, um, I'm going to have you know sell my cat day. It's going to be great. 
sell my cat? Like sell my cat? Your someone else's cat? I'm going to sell the cat I have to somebody else. Like sell? Wouldn't it be sell your cat day? You know, when you get into the specifics of it, Sean, the fun kinda, is taking kinda out. Kind of ru- ruins it. Um, so, okay, so Cooper has this theory that Ronette's letters were coming through Jock's P.O. box. Uh-huh. And he's right, because he's always right. And then, But they find out there's someone else receiving letters, and his hunch is that it's Laura. Um, and and we're, we're not sure, but then he sees the photo, and he's like, that's got to be her, the red drapes. We're in his dream, and then they also appear to be in this photo, and then right from there he goes, why would Jock have 50 gallons of heating oil unless, and then they say he had a log cabin. So um, they're going to pack lunch and go try to find Jock's cabin. And the next scene is the double R. And Maddie meets Donna for the first time. Uh, Donna and James are invite Maddie, and she's... Yeah, like, oh, it's so nice you guys. I don't have any friends, and it's kind of a drag being with my aunt and uncle. Um, but their motives are they want to, they're recruiting her because they think that Laura was hiding something uh, in her room. She had a secret hiding place. And so, since Maddie's staying there with the Palmers, that the, she could get to whatever it is. Um, and then Maddie has a line about how our folks were always telling us how alike we were. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I want I yeah crazy yeah it is kind of like all right whatever uh, <laughs> I get it <laughs> like I get it you yeah, did it good yeah. for you we're all yeah and then um and then Hank's there Hank we get another bad guy um and uh, from what sh- I can tell the bad guy uh, yeah it's it's fun when you think one guy's the bad guy and then you find out that that bad guy gets beat up by an even worse bad guy um. So the girls have had their girls' day, right? And they come in all with their beehives, because apparently that's what you do on a girls' day. Yeah, you didn't know that. You get I'm gonna go. I've, I've, I feel like I've treated my wife a few times to like, you know, go get a massage, go get whatever. But she's never come back with a beehive. I think she might be doing it wrong. Well, when you live in Twin Peaks, beehive is the thing. Beehive is the thing, dude. Oh, that's cool. I was trying to make up a song. I couldn't do it. No, you should keep going. No, but I was trying to do it from the... Um, from yeah, the, do it. What? Oh, son of a gun. Is it grease is the word? Is yeah, the thing? yeah. Is the <laughs> Beehives the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Couldn't uh, do it. They had a blast, apparently, and then Hank pops that balloon pretty quickly just by existing... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so then he's like, uh, you know, where do I start? You know, and she's like, wash the dishes. And then he's kind of like, can I finish my coffee first, boss? Um, Hank's kind of a rod, and we're going to get to know more about Hank. Oh, I'm um, sure we are. But then there's that great, speaking of invitation to love, like, <laughs> I don't know the guy's name who's beating, like, pistol whipping Chet and calling him a Fruit Loop, but... Um, <laughs> But it's great. He, he smacks him around, and then he has that great laugh. And uh, yeah, invitation loves fun because there's like all these things where it's kind of mirroring what's happening in real life in Twin Peaks. That's what I'm saying, man. Season three, it's going to be so revealed. Then, so if Twin Peaks was actually invitation to love, then what was invitation to love that they're watching? It was all like a collective subconscious. Oh, okay. So it's like Inception, yeah. or it's a reality show that they Inception all just get to be a to part love. of. Mm. We'll find out. Um, we will. The Briggs family is in counseling with uh, Dr. Jacoby. There appears to be a great divide between young Bobby and his parents. Um, and Jacoby decides to use this time to get some info from Bobby. And I was thinking about how, especially in this episode, you kind of get the feeling like everyone's just on their own trying to figure out what happened to Laura. And yeah. and everyone except for Cooper has their own agenda. Like it's not really about Laura. Um, for Jacoby, it's his own weird thing. You know, Donna, and then Audrey. It's about getting to Cooper. Um, oh, hold on. Yeah, okay. Jesus Lord. Amelia, your doggy is kidding. Okay, go to sleep, baby. Okay. 
We don't, we don't have a dog. That's all right. Maybe you can get one and she'll have something to do. There could be one in there right now. Who knows? While we podcast. Um, Anyway, uh, so Jacoby is going to take this opportunity to kind of like pump some information from Bobby. And he does so by using information he knows about their personal life because Laura was seeing Jacoby and Bobby didn't know that. Right? So he brings up, oh, you know, the first time you guys uh, did it, you know, had premarital. Did you cry? And, uh, you know, Bobby starts talking about how messed up Laura was. And then finally, Jacoby gets him to admit that, you know, she made him sell drugs so she could get, so she could have them. Um, you know, and how, you know, Laura was, Laura was pretty troubled, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. There's a line about how, you know, like she made, she brought out the worst in people because that's how she felt about herself. Some dark stuff, man, for a high school, for a high school chick. Um, and then Bobby's weeping. But again, this is all Jacoby trying to get it. You know, he's like trying to find his own kind of information. And you just wish everyone would like kind of pull their efforts or just let Cooper do everything, you know. And I feel like we should assume that Bobby is really crying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like you said, maybe last episode, like Jacoby is not good at his job. Like he, I mean, he's not a very responsible uh, psychiatrist. You know what I mean? He's not, but I feel like he is good at his job because he got Bobby broken down. Well, that's quick. what I mean. I, I guess what I mean is like morally, he's a pretty oh yeah, yeah, yeah. horrible human being. Well, you can tell by those different color sunglasses. Morally, completely. It's got um, a lot to be desired. The next, uh, we see a crow soaring, and uh, not a lot of people know that that's actually David Lynch. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so then the guys are uh, the guys are on their way to the cabin. I like to fly around. <laughs> the guys are on their way to find Jock's cabin. This, this scene's really important. So guys are on the way to try to find Jock's cabin, and they find another cabin. Um, and there's this scene where, like, Hawk just, like, touches this, like, bent branch. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like it was like they were, uh, he was being treated like a dog. Yeah, that's so pandering to like him as the tracker. Like, oh, look. Like, a, what is it, Hawk? A bent branch. And he didn't say anything. He just like kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my um, God. So, and then my other thought was like, why is Doc Hayward with them in this? Like, what would, why would he be there? He has no place in the investigation of what they're doing. Well, um, because it was fun to like set up the uh, set up that like what is it the four person shot? Yeah, I was gonna. I actually said that later in my notes was like it was because they did the three person shot earlier, and it's just so they can have like the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, um, exactly. So they're not at Jacques' cabin; they're at the uh, Chateau de Log. And uh, Log is that La- really the name of the place? No, I don't know. I just made oh. that up. Um, so the Log Lady's there, and she invites them in. For uh, tea and cookies, but no cake. And she. But says, that's it. You're missing the best part when he comes in and goes, uh, "No thanks, man. We'll be on our way." Then Hawk stops him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what kind of sound, cookies? <laughs> <laughs> cookies sound great. Um, I love. I, I love that he's like, "No, no, we're good." <laughs> yeah. What kind of cookies? Sugar. We'll see, we'll see you cookies later. Cookies sound great. <laughs> we'll see you later. Um. So, she uh, she says like you know the owls won't see us in here. And then she has some great line about shut your eyes and you'll burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm going to start saying to everyone that I meet. Um, I'm going to tell my she, daughter that when she, she's trying to go to sleep. Shut your eyes and you'll burst into flames. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should. I invite everyone who listens to our podcast just to bust that into your normal conversation. You get pulled over by the cops. Like. Excuse me, sir. License registration. Now shut your eyes and you'll burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. See how They're going to love it. They're going to love it. Um, she mentions that they're two days late and whatever that means. Um, this scene I wish is one of those where I think uh, Leslie is a great director, I, but I wish Lynch would have directed this one because I feel like there's some kind of just weirdness for weirdness sake that... It's like her trying to be like David Lynch, but it's not quite there. Um, I think she's a fantastic director. And I, I, overall, I think she did a great job in this episode, but 
there are certain little things that Lynch does that don't feel forced, um, feel a little bit like she was just trying to kind of copycat his style. Um, and especially in this scene, I feel like Lynch could have kind of give, given it another layer that it doesn't have, but yeah, but I feel like that can be, it might be a little unfair to point at her sure, because I feel like everyone's probably doing that with this show. Yeah. Um, and I feel like from what I remember that might become a thing too in the second season with the guest directors is it just becomes more of like, it's like a cover, you know, of an artist rather than the real thing. And that's kind of a problem. Um, but anyway, so she says, um, that Cooper can now ask the log. Uh, if we remember in the double R earlier, um, you know, she says my log log saw something and she says you can ask and he doesn't. Um, so this time Cooper asks and the log lady says that she'll do all the talking. And she mentions uh, two men, two girls, uh, says that the owls were near and then another man. Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Sean? Oh, we're back. <clears throat> Are we? You think we're going to be good? Huh? Hi. Sorry. She bit her tongue? Oh, okay. There's something? I don't know, dude. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, hi. Hi, we're back. Great. Apologies, um, but not really because you didn't pay for this, so. Yeah. So where were we? Um, we were in the middle of the log telling uh, Agent Cooper what it heard that night. So, real quick, um, the log heard two men, two girls, the owls were near, another man screams, terrible, one voice, and Cooper says man or woman, and he sh- or man or girl, and she says girl, and then she says the owls were silent. Um, so then we see the guys, le- like, there's no, then they just cut to them and they've already left. Uh, we don't know how the cookies were or, you know. I think we can assume how the cookies were, Sean. You think the log lady's like good at baking? Yeah, what else are you going to do up there? <clears throat> That's probably right. Um, so they are speculating that the two guys are probably Jock and Leo, who was the third man. Who indeed. Who indeed. <clears throat> and that's when you get the Mount Rushmore shot um, with uh, the four of them. Which is pretty funny, um, but cool. It's it's the weirdest. It is weird, and it and yeah. it. I all I think about was like, they probably had to rehearse that because everyone has to hit their spot right at the right time. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. No. It's like um, <clears throat> it's like this weird like uh, who I can't wait, who I'm trying to think of the guy, not Tony Scott. Really, Tony Scott? Scott? Really, Scott? No, no, Tony Scott, the guy who, like did the Rock. Yeah, it's like one of those shots. Yeah, <laughs> Michael yeah. Bay or whatever. Like, they all line up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's cool. Um, and here's a little tidbit of trivia: that that uh, cabin they find. Yes. The second one. Yeah. That is like a really well used or oft used cabin in Hollywood. Oh, really? What? What else did they? Uh... It was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Uh, it's been in like a bunch of like westerns and stuff. Oh, look at you! So immediately when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's a they use that cabin a lot." <laughs> look at you bringing a little something to the table. And did you know that David Patrick Kelly was in the Warriors? <laughs> but not the Spin Doctors. Not this, apparently. So far, <clears throat> we don't know. He could still he still has time to join. It's true. Um. So they find Jock's cabin, and uh, I love again that the record player is playing like the soundtrack to the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they find so obviously it's it. They find Waldo. There's a camera. They find the twine. There's blood, and then of course there's they find the the one-eyed Jack, the chip with the missing part, and the other part Laura had swallowed. And one-eyed then, Jacks. One-eyed Jacks, and then we're off to uh, back to the Great Northern for the Icelandic reception. Um, but the first thing we see is a silhouette who we'll later find out is Josie and she's in Ben's office. Um, at the Icelandic reception, the Martells arrive and Pete begs Catherine. He says, go easy on the sauce tonight, Kathy. Um, yeah. She has no intention of going easy on the sauce. 
Um, well, if we've known anything about Kathy. And they're, they walk in and they're singing Home on the Range in Icelandic, I guess. Is that the language that they sing? They, Icelandic? Yeah, what do they sing? What do they? I don't know. It's a good thing. I'm going to look it up. But they're singing Home on the Range. Yes. Um, and then Leland shows up. And how could how could what could go wrong possibly? Um, also, Jerry is trying to the woman that he's in love with is Heba, the one who got him the leg of lamb, and oh, so yeah, he's yeah. trying to make a move. Uh, and this is when Catherine does the old champagne on the shoe to get Ben's attention, and uh, so she's already a little saucy. She's already a little sauced. Um, Icelandic is the language. Icelandic. There you go. So they're singing the Icelandic version of Home on the Range. Um, Catherine and Ben go to talk, and Audrey spies on the two of them. We find out that Catherine's a little mad because uh, she found the one-eyed Jack's chip, and she's jealous, you know, even though Ben is someone else's husband, and she's someone else's wife. She's jealous that Ben would visit one-eyed Jack's. Well, have you seen the clientele? (laughs) She smacks him around a little bit. Which is fun. And then uh, he plants one on her. And uh, so she's like, let's burn down the mill. And he says, we're going to give Josie one more chance. And we cut to (laughs) Pete Martell with the great line about, let me get this straight. Your entire country is above the timber line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, Pete Martell's great. And Jerry, then Jerry's given kind of a speech, a welcome speech that's, of course, interrupted by big band music, which just snaps Leland into a fit of dancing. And uh, Richard Beamer has a great, like, dance with him. It is serious. (laughs) (laughs) There's a wonderful, someone did, um, what was it, the Harlem Shuffle? You know when people Mm -hmm. were doing those Harlem Shuffle videos? There is a fantastic one that someone did of this scene. Um, really? It's so funny. And I'll have to find it and post it on, I'll send it to you or post it on our Twitter. It's amazing. That's awesome. Because this scene is really, it's great. It's really funny. And Piper Laurie is really funny. She starts kind of imitating Leland with her hands, you know, because she's yeah. trying to like make yeah. it look like this is normal. Um, but then Audrey's in the corner like bawling. And it's wasn't like, it obvious that she tried to screw it up and it didn't work? Like, don't I, you think that she interrupted with the swing music? No, no, not at all. Really? Yeah. This is me. This this is her. Audrey actually is like <clears throat> has a soul, and is like oh. overwhelmed by the sadness of this. Oh, all right. And, and because we've spoken like how the two of us with young children, like that's what she seems to be is also like, this is that side of it too is very, can be very emotional. And it's just like overwhelmed by how sad this is, you know? Gotcha. Cause it, I see. think if, what you know about Audrey, if she tried to screw something up and she successfully did it, she's not going to be sad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like think about true. all the times she's wrecked something and then is so happy. But um, she just seems so like emotionally everywhere that Well that's why and I mean we know she's got some problems. Um but I, I I this scene's great because it's really funny and then also just kind of heartbreaking because you see this girl who has been really kind of obnoxious for us, but you can see that she actually has empathy and is a human being. Um barely. So, um, then the next scene is Maddie finds the thing that they're looking for or whatever that, that they think they're looking for. She finds a tape, uh, in a, in a bedpost. I guess Laura told her at one, one point she used to hide stuff in. So she plans a meeting with Don and James and says, bring a tape recorder and we'll find out what is going to be on the tape. Um, Mm. so then we finally go back to Josie and we know it's Josie now. Um, we find out that Ben and Josie are actually the whole time they've been playing Catherine. And, um, so we'll kind of see where that goes. And great because who doesn't want more Josie? (laughs) So much double crossing and so much Josie. So much Josie. Leo, comes home 
And Hank, the even worse guy, is waiting for him and clocks him. Uh, Leo had just grabbed two gas cans because we know what Leo's been hired to do. And um, Hank says something about, like, I told you to mind the store and not open your own franchise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, gives him a, gives him a couple, uh, tunes him up a little bit. Ooh, <laughs> good term, tunes him up. So Leo uh, kind of walks in a little little bloodied, and uh, Shelly's obviously freaking out, and he just yells, get me a beer. Um, which that's how you talk to your wife, right? When you come in with blood all over your face? Well, yeah, yeah, because I, I, well, I come in every day with blood in my face. Is that we, really? Yeah, we live in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> so just getting from the parking lot. It makes lot sense why your house. daughter's been crying so much. You should probably wipe the blood off your face. It's probably a little scary. We're trying to do a little descents with her. <laughs> it's working. Okay, so then, so Shelly busts out the gun, right? And Leo's like, you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're doing with that. You wouldn't dare. But then she close, she closes her eyes and shoots Leo. But we don't know where she shoots him. And then he's gone. Yeah, we hear a lot of like uh, uh, horrible gurgling noises. Yes. He goes back to that Frankenstein mode from earlier <laughs> yeah. in the season. And so we don't know what happened. We know she closed her eye. It's anytime you're going to pull the trigger, you should at least have one eye open. I don't know a lot about guns, but I know that you're going to want to. It's like, it's like baseball where you want to keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need to – well, seriously, I mean, just gun safety 101 for any if young listeners. If you're going to try to shoot your your homicidal maniac husband, you probably want to open your eyes when you do it. Because if you miss and then he wanders off, he'll probably try to come back and get you. Yeah, the I next mean, episode I'm not, that I mean, might. I'm not trying to, like, you know, give anything away, but, like, we're pretty sure that he didn't die and that he's going to be really upset. Yeah, it's gonna. It's not like a. It's not like an argument. It's like a bullet and yeah, your body a, somewhere. Yeah, you tried to kill him. Yeah. So now he kind of has every reason to also want to kill you now. Yeah. Like he's not gonna come back and be like, "Babe, it's cool." What's this hole right here in my stomach? Yeah. No, he's gonna be really mad. Probably about the hole. Probably about the hole. Um, yeah. well, and I don't. I actually don't remember where he got shot, but obviously uh, he did get shot. Um, so the next is uh, we're back to the Great Northern, and Coop is returning, and of course the Icelandic men's choir is still going. They've never stopped this whole time. He sees his door is open and he pulls his his uh, piece, his gun, and his piece. Wow, his piece. And uh, Audrey is in his bed and. For whatever reason, she's naked. Well, you know for what reason. She's crying and she's naked. I mean, what was she? Couldn't like just keep her clothes on? Well, yeah. When you're cry- when you cry, you don't get naked. <laughs> Only See, if I'm in someone else's hotel room. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of times I just go to hotels when I'm sad, <laughs> and I get naked and I just cry and go to room to room. Until Agent Cooper shows up? Or Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> Either one. And that was uh, that was episode six, Cooper's Dream. Oh, maybe that's the whole point. Cooper's Dream was Audrey crying in bed at the end. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very specific fetish. Yeah. Well, we find out. I guess we, mm. we, we waited that whole episode to get to it. Well, I mean, his dream was the curtains, right? The red curtains? Yes, that's what they're referring to. But what a weird... It is kind of strange that that's what they are going to reference. You know what we're going to do from now on? Is Mm. you and I are going to rename these episodes. Okay. Um, And maybe maybe we'll start with the next one. Like, when you watch the episode, I want you to think of a new title. And then at the end of it, we'll we'll redub all of them. Because I think someone has to do it. And it might as well be us. I okay. I mean, do you want to try it for this episode? Let's try it for this one. I think mine would be go easy on the sauce tonight. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I think mine would be uh Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I can't argue. You guys, we'll do a Twitter poll. A Twitter poll. <laughs> For the 10 of you following us, see which what episode title you like better. That'd be great. You should definitely do that. Um, yeah. Well, here's my here's the game I was going to play with oh, you. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Let's do this. So it might take you a second to think about. Okay. So I apologize for the listener. But okay. if you, up to this point in the show, because yeah. I mean, that's obviously all I know is up to this point. Who is like your two favorite characters and who are your two least favorite characters? Okay. So I had to, I actually did not watch this show sequentially. Like I didn't start at the beginning and then... Like, I, I had seen later episodes first. So, um, but looking back, like, at this point, I mean, my favorite character is Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say I also really like Albert. I think Cooper and Albert, I, I probably off the top of my head, um, those are my two favorite characters. Cooper and Albert. Oh, yeah, Albert's the Cooper's the, partner. The FBI, the, the FBI agent. Gotcha. Um, but there's so many characters that like I, I like I love Ed, even though there's just not as much going on with that storyline. Um, I just <sighs> really it's just really likable. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't really like Ed. Okay, I mean, he's um, not my least favorite, but so my least favorite characters are like two. You, you don't really have to put a limit on it, but I was just I don't have like. I don't have ones where when they're on, I'm like, like, I guess Donna and James are my least, I'm like least interested in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I think they're important. It's obviously important because they were the closest people to Laura, but if I'd rather watch a scene with Hawk and Agent Cooper and Truman, like solving stuff or Donna and James making out on the couch, obviously, you know what my answer is. Um, James. No, I just feel like, you know, I think that storyline kind of has to exist, but it's, I'm not as, obviously I'm not as interested in it as the, uh, as the other storylines. So what, what about you? I think that I can, I can answer. I know one of them is probably Cooper and I'm going to guess that your least favorite are Josie and Leland. Uh, those are the ones you complain about the most. My freaking idiot neighbors. I want to just beat the... Um, sorry. Um, every time. They do this every time around nap time. They just like get the loudest they can possibly get, and they slam their door. Yeah. Like over and over again. This is why we're moving out of here soon. Really? Um, yeah, we are. Cool. I don't know where, but we just talked about it last night. Oh, nice. Because we're just done with it. It's a yeah. night, you know, for apartments, it's not bad. It's like a, a sizable apartment for what we pay. Yeah. And like, honestly, the the part of town isn't bad. It's like, you know, it's nice. There's a lot of places to go eat and breweries and stuff. But like, it's just our neighbors suck. They just yeah. suck. Like yeah. all of them suck. Yeah. Um. So anyway, sorry. My no, least good. favorite are, uh, my least favorite is Josie for sure. Yeah. And then I think, I think Donna and James are like in this weird middle. Where like this was the first time I actually really liked their scene. Okay. Be- because it was so stupid. <laughs> but like, but like, I couldn't watch like I, the the second scene they had with in the diner. I immediately didn't care about them again. Yeah. So it was it's rough. Um, Josie's definitely the worst. And then I would say, like, second worst might be, is it Norma who Ed's seeing? Yeah. Norma. I don't like Norma. Oh, you don't like Norma? I don't like Norma. I think she's just, like, there. You're heartless. Pretty much. My favorite character is is Cooper. I mean, he, he makes the show, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then I really, really liked... Um, I think the more I see Horn, the like the more I like him, the ben main Horn. guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tony. totally. Yeah. Cuz uh it's just like it's he's there's like at some point in um in Hollywood, this is going to sound really weird. But at some point in Hollywood there was like and this is like the perfect era for it, like the 80s and and you know, very very early 90s where like old Hollywood was still like existing. Sure. 
and they were but they were getting like these weird roles like this yeah and so when they start to like really try to act there's no like it's not like a it's not like a muted performance yeah 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 it's always very exaggerated yes. <laughs> because they're they're used to spending most of their time on the stage you know so it's like everything is like big arms and Play, motions yeah. and Play, playing to the back row yeah, yeah, like if you're in the background of something and you're supposed to be just mouthing something, then it's not just mouthing. Like you are giving demands. Yeah. And it, you got a lot of that this episode. And I really uh, enjoyed watching that. There's definitely like real actors in this show. And then there are the other people in in the show. Like there's a few people who, you know, I think were picked because of a look and not necessarily because of their range. Yeah, um, for sure. But... Those are good. That's just, just, those are good answers. Yeah, it's just. Fa- I mean, of course, I like Andy, but I, it doesn't matter. But it, it's just fascinating to me. It's, I still, I would love if I ever got the chance. I would love to ask David Lynch and Mark Frost why they went with Tony and Riff. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if one of them came up first, and then it was kind of like when you know what I mean. Like, I'm sure they had landed one of them. Um, the way I know that, like Lynch they'll like do casting is he doesn't have them read. Like he'll just come in and talk to them and uh-huh. gets a feel for the, that person. Um, and like, that's how he does it. Like it's, it's not like here's some lines. He'll just have a conversation and then he'll see something in them where he's like, you're it. Yeah. Um, which is, I know different than the way most people get roles, but I mean, I'm wondering <laughs> if they had landed Ben Horn and then when, um, uh, Russ Tamlin, like his name came up. They were like, "Yes," because they they mentioned that they were like really excited that they had they had that because there is a they they are fans of old like Lynch and Frost are old Hollywood fans. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like homages to like Sunset Boulevard to Hitchcock. There's just a lot of stuff where they. You know they threw they threw that in there because of because they are fans. So I'm sure they took a lot of joy in making that reunion happen. But yeah, it had to be something. Yeah. I, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Someday, someday I'll ask him. Yeah, when he's on our podcast. So the next episode of Dish and the Percolator with David Lynch. <laughs> you heard it. I might not be able to make that happen, but um, I'm yeah. a crow. Dare. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you see me fly? <laughs> I don't know why he's turning into cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, thanks, Dallas. That was fun. I, thanks, I'm gonna, Sean. It's going to take me about four days to edit this down from all of your daughter's interruptions. Perfect. But, um, I had a great time, as always, and I look forward to uh, talking to you next week in uh, yeah, episode buddy. seven, which has a name that I don't know, and we'll rename it at the end of it. And um, you can follow us at Percolator Pod. You can follow us at Sean T. O'Donnell at Dallas underscore MC. Yeah, dude. And uh, we'll see you next week. Burn notice for life. Mmm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now.
The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.